0: welcome to commercial real estate investing from a to z the ultimate guide for real estate investors i'm your host steph boldrini we cover everything you need to know from finding and analyzing properties to financing and managing your investments tune in every week for experts insights and tips so you can make your commercial real estate dreams come true And in today's episode, we are continuing our conversation with Mauricio Rold, founder and chairman of Premier Law Group, a very experienced securities attorney. We are covering the topics of how to approach doing a capital call to your investors if you need to, and how should investors decide if they will participate in it or not. Here we go. A lot of people are in trouble, as you alluded to earlier. Uh, Interest rates have doubled. Insurance has doubled in many states, if not tripled or 10x uh, for some properties in Florida. And people have to do capital calls. How would you approach doing a capital call? And maybe from an investor's perspective, if you would like to talk about that, how would you maybe choose to participate in that or not? Yeah. So the first this thing I would advise- This is not legal advice.
1: Yeah. No, no. The first thing we typically advise just client, this is just good practice for everyone. And I got this from my my buddy, Ken McElroy, who said this many, many years ago, but you know when things aren't so. This actually happens before the cash call. When things aren't going well and things are starting to just not go according to plan, because cash calls don't happen from one day to the other, next. It's not like everything's going great on on Monday and then by Friday we need a cash call, right? So things are going to slowly start happening, and the key is to make sure that you double down or triple down on your communication with your investors. A lot of syndicators, especially new ones tend to sort of stick their head in the sand a little bit and they're like, things aren't going well, the investor's going to be upset at us and, you know, we, we should not tell them. Or we, You want to be, if you're communicating once a quarter and things aren't going well, maybe you start communicating once a month or once a week or every day, or depending on how severe things are. Uh, that way, when it's time to do the cash call, it's not a complete shocker. You, you've slowly been showing, look, this is what's going on. You know, it's been a tough environment. You know, we need to refinance and we can't because the interest rate's gone up and our rate, whatever the, whatever the situation is, letting them know earlier, I think... I think A the investors appreciate that. Um, they may not be happy. I'm not saying everybody's gonna be like, oh, you communicated everything's great, but trust me, they're gonna be much, you're gonna be in a much better situation doing that than sticking your head in the sand and then just throwing out a cash call and then just, you know, doing you know, things like that. So that's step number one. Step number two is generally speaking, the really great syndicators that have been doing this for a while generally try and avoid a cash call at the beginning usually if there's the big the inclining the inclining of issues that happen let's say you know rents or uh revenues down because of whatever reason then the syndicator generally will will first the first line will be them so they'll make a loan to the company it's usually in the form of a loan but they'll do a they'll do a capital contribution uh into the project number one is a show of faith that they're the confident in the project but number two use the cash flow is kind of the last thing you want to do and so generally speaking you, the, the sponsor group as a whole, they're shelling out whatever it is they need to patch it and hopefully they can get from point A to point B and things can turn around before having to go to the to the investors. So hopefully by the time you've gone to the investors, number one, you've been communicating with them, but also you've already infused some capital in there and, and now you've used up that capital. Maybe your team put in half a million because you needed that as a deposit and that was three months ago or six months ago and now it's like, well, we need another 500. Now we have to go to the membership to get the 500 first step for both syndicators and for um investors is you want to look at the operating agreement. I, I get calls from clients all the time that say, "Hey, I need to do a cash call. You know, what do I do or how do I do it?" That's going to be in the operating agreement. There's going to be a section in the operating agreement called cash calls or probably something more more professional called, uh, you know, additional capital contribution. There's going to be a capital contribution and additional capital contribution provision in there. And it's literally going to outline how it's going to work and, you know, how, you know, whether it's mandatory, whether it's not mandatory. Now, most of them are not mandatory because let's face it, if you were going to raise money and you said, you know, investors want to be able to just write you a check for 50 grand and know that's all they have to contribute. So we wouldn't recommend drafting documents where they were mandatory, but there are going to be some what we call dilution provisions, which is if they don't contribute to the capital, then. You know, the, depending on where they get the capital from, you know, your two and a half percent ownership in the company might go down to two percent or or what have you. But those step by steps are going to be outlined in the operating agreement. Uh, what we generally do, I think ours are written in the sense that you know, obviously you figure out how much money you need. Uh, let's say you needed five hundred thousand, and so you go out and say, look, every you know, we need five hundred thousand dollars, and you're asking every single investor to contribute their ownership percentage of that money. So if I own 2% of the of the thing and we need 500, then you're going to give me 2% of the 500. Uh, I would probably request as a syndicator a little bit more because it's it's you're never going to get 100% compliance, even if everybody's super happy. So if you need 500, you, you may probably want to ask for 750 or something. So that way, if 70% of the people say, yes, you get to your 500, but that's going to be proportional. And then if you're short is where you really want to pay attention to the operating agreement. So, so some, our operating agreement actually allows us for other members to contribute additional. So if let's say my cash call was $5,000, I could contribute 10 or 20. I can contribute more as almost like a loan on behalf of another member that didn't want to uh, put in the, the capital. And I basically have a lien on their shares. So that way, if the project turns around or when the project turns around, when distributions start picking up again, the person who did not give the uh the the uh the cash call those distributions would be diverted to go pay off the loan that the other member gave o- on their behalf right uh but unfortunately what happens a lot of times is you're still short so you, you put in money yourself you've gone to the membership and they they don't want to or they you're just short you you needed 500 and you were able to raise another 200 grand from your membership you're still short and unfortunately, if you can't come up with the other 300, there's a chance you may lose the property, right? So everybody loses all of their money. And so that's when you start going outside of the membership, which is really where the dilution happens, especially if you're desperate enough that you're going to bring in a private equity group that may want to come in. Especially these days, there's a lot of funds out there that are really targeting. So you, they might come in and say, look, I know you need 500. I'm going to give you the 500 or I'll give you a million but then they insert themselves way ahead of everybody else. I mean, obviously the lender, the bank's going to be number one always, but then they're going to be second and they're going to have their money out before any of the LP money comes out, or maybe you get a loan. Maybe there's another party that's interested in loaning you 500,000 and you're going to pay them a really, depending on how the situation is, it might be a a high interest rate. It might be a 15% rate or 20% rate or whatever it is at that point, it's whatever whatever the managers can negotiate. I mean, obviously the deal's not going well, so it's not like it's a super attractive investment under normal circumstances. So you're going to have to sweeten the pot to anybody that comes in on the outside in the form of preferential treatment or higher re- returns or, or something like that. And um, of course, if that doesn't work, then you get the dreaded, you know, the foreclosure letters, which are starting to come out, which are the sponsors basically letting their investors know, hey... You know the cash call didn't work, meaning we didn't we didn't raise enough money. We couldn't raise money from the outside, so unfortunately the bank is going to be taking over the property. Which, as you know, Stephanie has been happening uh, a lot. I don't know what the specific numbers are, but but especially, I mean, there's people who bought. Let's face it, there's people who syndicated and bought properties in 2021, which is about the peak of the market. And so, and a
0: half caps.
1: Yep, and 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 so those those people who bought in 2020 or 2021. The issue is that the, a lot of those uh, operators, and this, and this is no knock on the operators, because every, ugh, not everybody, but the vast majority of people doing it, because of the way uh, the, uh, it's really not so much the interest rate. What happened was the property values were going up so much, and the rents weren't keeping up. This is really pre-COVID that the operators were buying at really high prices and then the rents weren't keeping up. And so the debt coverage of the income wasn't covering the requirement that the loan the lenders had. So I had a bunch of people on my podcast, Stephanie, that were talking about, I thought, hey, they're just not lending money. The banks don't want to land. They think it's already frothy. And they were telling me, no, no, no. If you can bring a deal to them that actually cash flow sufficient to cover their debt coverage ratio, which is usually one and a quarter, then they're happy to loan you 80% or 70% or whatever. But the problem is the properties weren't cash flowing enough in relation to the value of the property. So the loans they were offering back in 2020 and 2021, traditional conventional lenders were literally 65% LTV or 60% LTV, really low LTVs where the returns really just weren't penciling out. And so the vast majority of syndicators and operators moved over to what we call bridge loans or shorter term loans, which which were more in the three-year range. right, And so a lot of the... Properties that were bought in 2020, 2021 were bought on three-year loans, and those loans, of course, are coming due right around now. And as we all know, interest rates have skyrocketed from whatever they were back in 2021, and you'd probably get a loan for three and a half on the commercial side, probably four percent, and now those are at uh, you, you know better than I am, probably eight uh, uh, percent in terms of the commercial. So they just can't refinance right now, right? So they need to go in, and their loan is up. They they can't refinance, and um, so they're 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 forced to sell and if the property's down 20%, then there goes all the lp money. I mean, the lps generally are you're putting down 20, 30%, so if your property goes down 20%, that wipes out 100% of your investor money.
0: I heard some properties were down
1: uh 50%. Yeah, so that, you
0: know, that's a great point. My heart there's goes a, out to everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, as we all know, there's no there's really no such thing as a, a US real estate market, right? Every, every market is localized, so some markets are doing still pretty good. Some markets have dropped 30%, 50%, and other markets have dropped a little bit. And depending on the asset class, too, I mean, as we all know, the commercial real estate involving office has really taken, I mean, some of those are down 80%. You know, you know, you you and I have spent some time in the San Francisco yep. area, Stephanie. You know, those, <laughs> those properties are, are selling at 30 cents on the dollar. Uh, but then there are other markets that are super resilient, and they're still maybe only down a, a few percentage. So it really depends on what market you're at and everything. But yeah, I mean, if you bought in 2020, 2021, your loan is coming due and uh, you can't refinance because your property's down 50% or 30% or 20%, that's a problem. And then, of course, you mentioned the, the interest rate going up. What most people were doing is they're because interest rates were going, uh, were, were, they're all floating rate debt primarily, that you typically would buy an insurance product in order to protect yourself from the upside. So if you bought the property at a 5%, uh, you know, interest rate and you would buy uh, an insurance. So that makes sure that if it ever goes above 6% that you're covered, that the insurance company will pay you anything above that. As we know, insurance, uh, insurance, uh, interest rates are now pretty much doubled since uh, maybe 18 months ago. And so those insurance premiums are coming up for renewal. And that's a lot, uh, not as crazy as it was maybe six months ago, but uh, six months ago, I remember If you you needed to renew, the banks were requiring you to renew these insurance policies, and you, you had to go do a cash call just to cover the insurance premium of your insurance policy. And then the lenders wanted more protection themselves, and they wanted you to escrow a bunch of money in an escrow account, which again, you didn't have. So a lot of the cash calls aren't even necessarily... That the, the product or the, the the property isn't isn't spitting off enough cash. It really has to do with these additional requirements of the lender wants me to put another year's worth of rent in escrow and my insurance, you know, my rate caps uh are, have gone through the roof. I mean, they really were, I wanna say grotesque, it's not the right word, but they were really crazy in terms of what those rate caps were going for. I, I think they've come down now, because I don't think too many people are expecting interest rates to double again right from where they are now but you never know they could still go up another two percent and and if that starts killing your numbers it starts killing your numbers
0: you never know on anything right and we should account for a black swan in your deal at all times because first it was covid now is interest rates doubling who knows what the next one will be it's something we cannot predict and that will likely happen as well so we all must be mindful of that Mauricio, this has been incredible. Thank you so much. How can our listeners get in touch with you?
1: Uh, you can find me on the website, which is premierlawgroup.net. And I'm also super active on LinkedIn. So uh, if you want to look me up on LinkedIn and, and follow me there, I put out content pretty much every day. And of course, a YouTube channel. I've got, I don't know, two, 300 videos I think I've covered pretty much every single syndication topic out there. So if you guys have more topics, maybe drop a comment somewhere in the YouTube videos and I'll, I'll make one. But uh, just the YouTube channel, Mauricio Raul, there's another great way to, to find me.
0: And as always, all of these links will be under show notes. The YouTube videos are actually very helpful. Um, Mauricio, thank you so much for coming over. I really appreciate it.
1: No, thanks for having me, Stephanie. Looking forward to seeing you next week.
0: Same here. Thank you. And I would love to thank all of our listeners that attended the Advanced Real Estate Investing Summit in LA, it was truly fantastic. Everyone absolutely loved the content, the people, and I think we'd, we, we somehow managed to throw a very world-class event. I am deeply humbled by your presence and very grateful that you were there. It was wonderful meeting a lot of you, and I look forward to seeing you next year, as I am crazy enough to say yes to doing it again, and I will see you next time!